It's Friday, which means Spags and Pete are back in the ring together. A little battle royale, little week six DFS. What else do we have on tap? Well, everybody out there is panicking over their redraft league. So we're going to talk about some panic trades you can make in advance of your fantasy football league's trade deadlines. But yes, it's battle royales, ride or die picks. The hot takes will be flowing and Pete and I have been hitting them at an alarming rate. So you'll find out what to do right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how excited are you to be held hostage on a Friday morning by me once again? Well, why are you framing it as being held hostage? I, I just, do I, need I just to feel like I'm twice? hostage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because like now the channel, Pete, I don't know if you observed, I'm fighting the YouTube algorithm. We also had an issue where I had to verify my identity to keep the ads going. And I think that's been hurting our suggestions as well. Um, so I'm like doing streams every day, trying to keep it going in the right direction. So I feel like when I get you in here, it's like, ah, Hollywood Squares finally has the other seven stars. So there's one guy in the middle. No, you're you're crushing it. Uh, keeping keeping it alive. I did see we needed to have an administrative combo. Did you see that YouTube rolled out uh, where you can now choose your own handle? Yeah, so uh, I kept it as at Splash Play Pod. I didn't think we needed really? to change it. Yeah, the branding has been strong. I mean, we could take at Splash Play, but I I, I already know what's a plug. Take out I don't Splash Play. I meant take out Pod would have been my my suggestion. <sighs> we still can. I mean, I, I look, Pete. We didn't talk about it off the air, but yes, you can choose your handle now. I haven't officially selected it. They just default give us the one that I think we already I had know. as our URL. But did you get Pete Overzet, or did you have to take one of your silly names? What do you mean my silly name? Like you're yes. like revert C top fantasy football comedian or whatever no, on FanDuel. Bags, you know how it works. It defaults to whatever your URL yes. already was. So I already had Peter Overzet. So yes, they gave me that. But I was going through my channels and I came to the Splash Play one and I was literally just going to go in and change it. And I was like, no, we need to have a, a talk with Spags. Because the pod is like, especially on YouTube, that makes... It's not a podcast on YouTube. I don't know. It's a, it's a show. So is it not I, I still a pod? I feel like they're video pods then. Yeah, who says video pod? It's a show. We do cool. a show. Pod's ears. They say, ah, oh, I'm going to check out the latest video pods on YouTube, on the YT. I'm over even the concept of podcast. I hear podcasts and I think of fucking Mark Marin. No, we're, <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing shows on the information superhighway. That's true. We are. We're giving the best information on the information superhighway. So guys, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, comment down below if you're watching after the fact as well. And of course, follow at Splash Play Pod on Twitter and maybe at Splash Play on YouTube. We'll see if it's still available when I jump off the stream here. Pete, though, we got to talk about some news. Another ugly, ugly Thursday night football game. Uh, Commanders win 12-7, I'm sure. I, I did, Actually, you had in the Fantasy Life newsletter that it was ugly. I mean, we, we all know what it was. The same token, though, Pete, I have to point out, under $45,000 salary wins a million dollars on on DraftKings, I talked on my stream yesterday about the importance of capping the salary at even lower than it seems like it should be. That's the one takeaway I'm going to have for showdowns. Besides that, though, just really uh, a game befitting Thursday night football. Yeah, I didn't watch uh, a ton of it. I did play showdown. I thought that was a very sharp lineup. I think there are like there's two ways to attack a game like that. Like I played it as what if it's not a super gross game. So I had a lot of commanders uh, like onslaughts and, and not as many defenses in there. So obviously that didn't work. But if you were going to play it as a gross game, I think that's the way you do it. You leave so much salary on the table. You make a hard pivot 
off of, I believe Cam Sims was a little more popular than Pettis down there who they got to. So yeah, it was a nice lineup there. There's basically no rules in showdown. It's like so fucking absurd other than just get unique and uh, leaving a lot of salary on the table is a great way to do that. Yeah. Also, Pete, uh, at Splash Play is now gone. So... <laughs> Who would take at Splash Play? Like, is it that children's like? like well, let's toy? go. Let's go look. Okay, yeah, let's let's YouTube. find out. YouTube.com slash. It, it's got to be at Splash Play. Like, yeah, because it's they stole the TikTok thing vigorously. Oh my! Oh my God, Spags, hang this on. This is awful. Up. It's a no. European. So Pull this up. It. I just shared my screen. Okay, yeah, here Pete's got it pulled up. This here. is who He's... you let beat us to Splash Play. Grand Theft Auto. Like, what even is this? They have one video from two years ago. I mean, but the Pete, uh, I need to, to 60,000. I mean, what, what, what language do we think this is? Russian? I think Russian, Russian bots, Pete. They were coming for everybody on the internet. They finally got us. Uh, why does this say? Let's do, Actually, uh, would be funny if it was a fantasy flock guy if Mason <laughs> got his revenge and just took splash play but no he can send assign one of his Russian bot commenters to take it from us so there it does say action stream but then is some of this French down here oh what no I'm changing it to French my god this is brutal hey god I gotta get to the bottom of this support the channel with a penny I'm glad to welcome you to my channel. I'd be very grateful if you subscribed and slap a like. I like that. My name is Arthur. I play Grand Theft Auto online. Enjoy watching friends. A great first-person shooter for a new year. This guy, he's got donation things all over. I'm a supporter of Indel and Bundles. I mean, this is disgusting, Spags. We're actually making content. This guy hasn't made anything for a year and has, like, PayPal donations <laughs> set up for him. I mean, this is disgusting. I bet just by clicking that, you somehow actually donated to him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he has my social security number now. Well, either way, go check out the real Splash Play then, and we'll do the <laughs> imposter cover band tour here on that Splash Play pod on YouTube. Uh, the thing that we love talking about the most, Pete, another civil suit for Deshaun Watson, bad actions of the masseuse, end of 2020. Are we sure he plays this year? Best Ball Resurrection closed yesterday on Underdogs. So you don't have to worry about it there, but it feels like you can't have him play this year. Um, I don't know, man. I, I never am going to rule the NFL out or bet against them getting one of their star players back on the field, regardless of what horrendous things they did off. So I, I'm going to assume it's still business as usual. But honestly, I missed that that news report. So I hadn't seen if there was actually any smoke to an additional suspension being tacked on. Yeah. Uh, when are Pete and Spags playing GTA? I think Deshaun Watson's playing it for us. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Uh, Darrell Williams and James Conner officially out. I saw you victory laughing. Eno Benjamin's existence calling him. Were you calling him the new running back one? Was that the the No, running. Do, do you do fantasy football contact? A running back one is a top 12 running back on the week. Well, but the way you frame it, I feel like there is a hyper, like a hyperbole. And I love the Fantasy Life newsletter. I would recommend everybody go subscribe to it right now. But like, I do think sometimes you go like, oh, this is there a new RB1? And it always feels like you're saying like, oh, this guy's going to be the one that makes the leap and becomes the top overall scorer. I guess that's why our click-through rates and our open rates are through the yeah, roof. So I, like I guess we're going to keep it rolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Benjamin, what if Pete, I have to ask the question, what if it's Keontae Ingram? What if it's some free agent pickup over the next two days? What if it's not, you know, Benjamin? How much will that hurt you deep inside? 
Well, I don't think, I think you probably rule out free agent. If it, it would be the guys they added to their practice squad, they had a two Eagles, uh, Tyson mm. Williams and Corey Clement. Um, they've been extremely reluctant over the years to get their rookies involved back to when, you know, Benjamin was, was a rookie. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, Benjamin isn't going to get 30 touches. I think, I think we might honestly see one of Corey Clement or Tyson Williams getting touches even before Keontae Ingram, just with how much they've slow played the rookies. But yeah, this is, this is a beautiful spot for Eno. Um, and I actually think it's sad because we should talk about this. Damian Harris practiced yesterday. He was limited. Yeah. At practice. I didn't get that because I, I was watching the underdog show. And again, I've really been watching a lot of Josh and Hayden. Got to give them the shout outs because I think they're doing a great job with their content and with stuff Pete does as well. Like, I think you got to keep your tabs on people in the industry that you trust and follow. And I think uh, I love what they're talking about. And they were like, yeah, Damian Harris is ruled out. And I'd seen the NBC Sports Edge alert about him being limited in practice. And it seems like a Patriots thing that you would let him go. But like he had, he had like a serious injury. He shouldn't be playing for two to four weeks. Yeah, it very much surprised me, but I was like, whoa, 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 because Ramondre was pacing to be by far the most mm -hmm. popular play on the slate at 6K. I was looking at ceiling projections. He's like right up there with all the other top backs. So he was going to be a smash, uh, but I do think now Eno and Kenneth Walker are certainly going to be in that conversation. I mean, Leone has uh, Eno right now projected as the third best value on the slate behind Ramondre and Josh Allen. So um, it's not just my bias, Spags, the, uh, the robot projection overlords like Eno as well. Yeah, certainly a high total game, which I talked about a little bit yesterday, but hard to find anything to poke holes in for Arizona. Seattle as being a potential shootout spot. So definitely, you know, Benjamin can get the best chance he has uh, to produce some numbers. Speaking of producing some numbers, Jonathan Taylor for all the art, uh, running back pigs out there. Looking like he's going to go versus the Jags with his ankle sprain. Naheem Hines limited yesterday in practice due to a concussion. Uh, obviously, Pete, at this point, if Jonathan Taylor's in there, you're for season long, you got to play him. I know we're going to talk about some fantasy football panic trades. People are dying to get rid of Jonathan Taylor. I think you got to hold on at this point. And hope you get some value return from what you spent as the number one overall pick but dfs you want to play taylor against the jags defense it's actually been kind of sharp and limiting people so far yeah i think i think he's going to end up being a good play this week just the way people are going to build right when you have eno kenneth walker and Ramondre all sub 6k as great plays people are going to be attacking this bills chiefs game and if you're doing that, you're paying for a Josh Allen, a Diggs, a Kelsey. You're going to have to pay down at wide receiver. So this looks like one of those classic weeks where you can get really unique just by flipping the build. I'm seeing Jonathan Taylor projected sub 10% ownership right now, which is less than McCaffrey, less than Fournette, obviously less than those punts I talked about, less than Barkley. So yeah, I think he's going to end up being a sharp play. Plus you get the Q tag discount. People are always slightly more spooked to play a guy coming off of a missed week. So yeah, he, he looks like he's in a nice spot. Rashad Bateman, T. Higgins, and Danger are missing this week. I think you just got to track their status today, see if they get into practice. If not, you know, obviously the news alerts over the coming weekend. Uh, Pete, anybody else you're watching out for as a potential play who could miss that could actually have some meaningful ramifications on the slate? I've been key. I'm, I'm worried about T. Higgins. Um, yeah, he, too. you know, the, the whole thing last week was absolute bullshit, not on the injury report. Then Zach Taylor says that he was actually gutting it through and they wanted him active just in case they needed him in situational packages, which it's like, that's fine, but then fucking list him as questionable and, and let us know that that's going to be the case. I feel like most times these days we get that report. Hey, he's going to be on a pitch count like we got with Amon Ross St. Brown. And that's exactly how it played out. So that was frustrating. And now he hasn't been practicing this week. So it's clear that the ankle is an issue. It's clear that he shouldn't have been out there last week. And so I'm, I think things are trending toward keeping 
him out um, for for this week. So I, I'm, I'm worried about him. Yeah, definitely one to watch. And I agree. I think it's trending towards him resting one week and then they hope they get the offense right. But what Joe Burrow complains about that offense every week and how teams are defending them and they can't adjust. So uh, I think some bad whiffs of signs from the Bengals so far, but we'll see if they can get it going against New Orleans. Panic trade talk, though, Pete. Again, I mentioned this to Pete because yesterday, if you watched the stream, of course, had some great takes digging through the stats for the week, all the things I pull from Sports Info Solutions, from FO, our Football Outsiders, from PFF, all that. And then I kept getting hit with fantasy football trade questions, people freaking out about Jonathan Taylor, people freak, people freaking out about A.J. Brown. First thing I would say, Pete, which I'm curious if you agree, I think if you drafted a high draft capital guy, like if it's Jonathan Taylor, if it's an A.J. Brown, you don't trade those guys at this point because you're not seeing the best of them. You haven't had that upside. So you're basically selling off before they find that middle ground, before they find the thing that everybody's drafting them so highly for. So I think you have to have diamond hands at this point and hold off as long as possible for those guys in particular who haven't had the ceiling days. But do you have any sort of overall thesis here before I propose some trades to you, Pete, but about how people should approach trades in their redraft leagues? I do think because I've been getting a bunch of these on SiriusXM trade questions, people. I'm always I'm legitimately impressed with how active people are. Uh, I think it's just because I'm so busy that I never really get around to I trying also to make trade, trade offers in my leagues ever. Like yeah. nobody would ever trade. Yeah, but these guys call in, and it makes sense if you're engaged enough to be listening to fantasy radio nonstop and are calling in. You're probably pretty engaged, but they'll be like, "Yeah, so I did these trades, and then I did this one." I'm always like, "Wow, I'm impressed." But I do notice one trend, and it's the most simple trend in trading in any kind of industry. But people will be like, oh, "I'm trying to put together this package to get Travis Kelsey this week," and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like this is the worst time to try to get Travis Kelsey. One, his usage wasn't even that great. He got taken away outside of red zone usage. Didn't even clear. I believe it was 30 yards receiving that game, and he had four touchdowns. Like your trade partners looking at that in the box score and saying, "Holy cow, Travis Kelsey, we're going to the moon." To the point, I even saw it in the resurrection drafts. Like Travis Kelsey was going ahead of Mark Andrews and resurrection drafts that that's crazy like mark andrews should be a top five pick so my, it is the simplest advice but you've got to buy low sell high and i was giving suggestions too of like go out and put an offer out for jamar chase like put an offer out for these guys that haven't produced extremely well the past couple of weeks that we're still in love with their talent profile put an offer out for jonathan taylor um stuff like that so that's the one mistake i see is like we're so tempted to fall prey to recency bias, even with the trades we we set out. So I think it's interesting the guys that you laid out there because I feel like, and I'll ask you what it would take, but Pete, if I were to offer you Jonathan Taylor and you were to give me back, let's say Jamar Chase and who's a guy who's maybe underperformed but still good, like and Rondale Moore. So two wide receivers who we like have certainly drafted pretty highly in best ball season. Would you be willing to give up Jonathan Taylor for T Hick or not for T Higgins for Jamar Chase and for uh, Rondale Moore? So obviously it depends on my team, right? Like if this is a team where you hit on, you know, a, a Garrett Wilson, or I don't even know if that's the best example with him not looking good. Let's say you hit on your Amari Cooper in the mid rounds. Like you really just crushed um, all of your mid to late rounds. Like, and I'm massively upgrading, stay in a zero RB build. Um, that might be something I would consider, but um yeah, it all depends on team context. I think you have to view uh, Jonathan Taylor as slightly more valuable than Jamar Chase right now. In terms of the running backs, because I do think a lot of the redraft leagues certainly be running back heavy, going to have those guys that they spent draft capital on up top. I assume the Nick Chubb owners probably not want to trade him. The Austin Eckler is wanting to uh, not want to trade him very much. Is there anybody amidst those high pedigree backs that you would be willing to trade to just try to get some extra pieces and maybe get an underperforming wide receiver or, or tight end in? 
I mean, this one surely has the chance to backfire on you, but I would be willing to sell high on Nick Chubb. Um, mm. You know, he he obviously is an absolute crusher. Uh, no one needs to talk about what a, what a good rusher he is, but you're still going to have some of those dud games where they don't get in the scripts they want. And I would say I'd even wait until after this week because the Patriots have been really bad against the run, so you're probably going to get another good one. But he just has such a lower floor than a guy like Barkley does or obviously some of those other top backs like Eckler who are going to catch passes. So um, surprise, surprise, I'd be willing to trade the running back who isn't catching a lot of passes. Would you trade Derrick Henry right now? Because I think he's one that people will be feeling. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's stoked about Derrick Henry getting him. But I think at this point, like what Derrick Henry has done is exactly what I would expect him to do at this point of the year. I think the downside of Derrick Henry is when you need him the most for your redraft league, certainly for best ball. I find it hard to believe he could stay in a week 17 with the workload he's had, getting some more pass game work. Um, certainly the age is there. The, the curse of 350 touches is there for him as well. Uh, it's been beaten into the drum by a lot of the football analytics people. I feel like Derrick Henry would be the guy. Maybe you hold on one more week maybe you hold on until the last minute of your deadline but i think with the titans on by this week i'd be willing to move him and just try to get him at his apex because i don't see it being high all season long yeah it's funny you say that because we have with davis in our ffpc main event we have a derrick henry team that we started with and a lot of our wide receiver depth has actually started to suffer you know we have t higgins who's out we had amon Ra, who um now is on by Traylon burks ir etc so a lot of our depth that we were excited about has been wiped out. And I'm sitting here thinking I would trade Derrick Henry straight up for Jamar Chase right now for this team, because we'll be able to piece it together with zero RB stuff. And I would rather have a rocked up wide receiver core. And again, we've learned this and it's crazy. It happens every single year. People are like, why are you drafting your wide receiver six before you're running back to your wide receiver seven? And it's like, well, now look at our team. T Higgins, uh, probably not going to play Amon Ra on by. We had Drake London who looked like a hit, but Arthur Smith, is cratering that offense. <laughs> Traylon Burks goes to IR. You're excited about his break. And you see how quickly you aren't actually loaded at wide receiver. And uh, it, it's a good reminder of how important it is to keep hammering that position so you you know, can take advantage of it during the bye weeks. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think certainly some undervalued guys. And I will say out there, uh, based on the trades I was seeing in our YouTube chat from the guys just streaming in yesterday, A.J. Brown probably available in your league. People afraid of yeah. taking him. Certainly a guy that the A dots come down for the Eagles uh, since week one, week two. It's I think that's expected with how they've been getting results with a lot of the run game. But A.J. Brown could take a three-yard slant to the house every single time, and the upside is there for him. So I think that's a guy maybe even more than Jamar Chase who you actually can get in your leagues and feel pretty good about. How Pete, about, how about uh, one for you? Who would you yeah. rather have rest of the season? Because I know, like, I can't say Dalvin Cook or A.J. Brown to you because I know you'll snap, say, A.J. Brown. Austin Eckler or A.J. Brown? Man, Eckler's been good. The one thing that scares me is that he's not getting any touches within the uh, within the five-yard line. All of his touchdowns have been outside 10 yards or more. And the, also the fact that he's a small back who's fragile. Like, I would still keep A.J. Brown, I think. But if you were desperate at running back and all your zero RB guys didn't pay off, like you had the Naheem Hines portion of things, or you know, like I do, certainly enough in best ball, I think at that point you could trade for Eckler. But I would really try to hold on to Brown if I could. And I do think if if you were doing that move again, this the the buy low sell high thing, you'd be able to get more for Eckler. Um, yes. I think you would maybe be able to do like a two v two where maybe you have like a dusty tight end and you're able to upgrade that tight end to also Dallas Goddard, you know, where you do Eckler. So I, I think you'd be able to get more for for him there. But yeah, Eckler's an interesting one. Um, I'm not I'm not sure what to really think of him rest of season.
I mean, I think I'm hoping what happened. I mean, I, I can't say I'm hoping. I'm certainly not rooting for it, Pete, but I wouldn't be mad if Isaiah Spiller got in around week 12 or so. <laughs> it started to get some of that workload, though it does seem now like Josh Kelly is looking like the back that's going to benefit the most because he's actually getting red zone work. And Sony Michelle. Oh, there's the four. Well, I noticed the chat quieted down, so I had to do something, a little ASMR trigger there for them. That was a big old pour. All right, it's time to do <laughs> to celebrate that pour. We got to hop over to Underdog. It's Battle Royale time, guys, and Pete and I both have independently started to get into this more. I talked about the Brad, uh, Badge Bros show. Those guys doing a great job as well. I'm going to be doing that, I think, next Wednesday at 12. Uh, but I think doing a the one show they did with Herzig I thought was really insightful about how to approach this. But I was spamming some lineups, Pete, on the train heading back from or heading to New York. Um, I guess, no, back from New York. Boy, I was so hungover. It was awful. Uh, either way, these drafts are a lot of fun. They go by fast. Like, I think they're a really good way to spend your time. NBA best ball, also an underdog, a great way to do that. So use the promo code SPLASH, double your deposit to 100 bucks. But do you have any thoughts about how to approach these Battle Royale drafts? Because it really seems like not crazy teams are winning 20 to 50K. I know our guy Paul won it a couple weeks ago with a team that just made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing when, you know, it's similar to the concept when we talked in best ball mania three, where it's like, get unique with your last couple of picks, because the difference in projected outcome for a 17th and 18th round pick versus the guys not getting drafted is, is, is very marginal. You know, they're all in kind of the same basket of probability of hitting. So that is that dynamic is even more pronounced here where at the top, you're going to see, you know, down to like about Debo, whatever, maybe let's say the first 12 to 15, like all these guys have the 30 plus point ceiling and then picks, you know, what 15 to 40 or 50 all have a similar ceiling as well. And so the, the idea of like, do not worry a lot about ADP in rounds two through four. Like if you want to quote unquote, have two fourth round picks, like do it. You can reach ahead for that because you're really not sacrificing a lot. So um, let's see. I've been doing Cooper cup here. Okay, yeah, Cooper Cup, certainly the not in the highest total game, but certainly one where the Rams are very highly predicted to win based on all the top markets out there. Um, yeah, I honestly, I've been taking Diggs a little bit in this spot if I get the two or three holes, so I feel like taking Cup makes sense. Um, but I think Diggs is similar upside this week um, overall. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be market sentiment. I do think, man, I mean, even when you when you look at projection, though, too, it's still... Yeah, I mean, Cup I'm seeing with a two-point higher um, ceiling projection. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both great picks. It's it's tricky, right? Because no one is going to be able to get a Josh Allen Diggs team um, mm -hmm. or Diggs Allen, obviously, if depending who you took first. So it is an interesting dynamic to think through it, whereas the owner who takes Josh Allen, they're always gunning for Gabe Davis, uh, generally at this 2-3 wrap. So that's where I really like to start thinking thinking through what are the combos that people are getting funneled to all the time. So like I did some Josh Allen's where I passed on Gabe Davis, but took Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox later, just knowing, I don't know, 70, 80% of the Josh Allen teams are going to scoop up Gabe Davis here. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think, uh, you know, taking the low-owned QB late is also appealing. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is quietly in a very good matchup this week going against Atlanta, who gives up a ton of production. So, like, I think that's one way you can go if you want to get weird and you're likely to get priced out of that Josh Allen's here if you don't get the number one overall pick. Um, here we <laughs> David asking the question everybody wants to know, can we draft Taysom already so I can go back to work? Uh, I don't think Taysom is a good play this week, Pete, but who do you want on this board? So I have been taking Barkley here. Like, I think Barkley represents kind of Again, what I was saying with the like the Chubb Barkley, where these guys can put up 30 plus. Um, mm -hmm. and I do think there's a slight tier break down there. So I have been taking him when he's here. 
Okay, let's take him then, because I also think a Barkley Cup start like that ignores Buffalo, Kansas City, um, Arizona, Seattle guys you can get later. But I feel like just not taking Buffalo, Kansas City guys early probably makes us a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. And and then you can start to think through, okay, that game craters. Do we want to set up that stack? Like you mentioned the Arizona, Seattle. Like mm-hmm. if you take Marquise Brown, you have outs to maybe Kyler Falls or you could set up a Geno thing uh, <laughs> as well. Are we thinking Gino's going to be chalky in DFS? Because that's one thing Stochastic had where they haven't projected for for 10%. I don't think people, like, I don't think casuals especially will get over the stink of Gino and just, like, what they filed away as their as their mental part of things, where I think Gino will be still at 5%-ish or less. Do you think 5% or more above 10%? Uh, I think he's going to be very popular. Um, basically, if you're not getting up to Josh Allen, um, you are going to be probably playing Gino. I think I think fields are so much smarter now, and I do think this the quote unquote uh, stink of Gino is is already gone essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are buying it in that at that price. It's the second best game of the week, and he's by far the best value quarterback um, this week. So I, I think he's going to be fairly popular. One other unique dynamic for i think for battle royale strategy and something nez has done really well he had two big hits one on matt collins week one on josh reynolds week those guys were chalk in dfs and but in battle royale they were the opposite of it because everyone can jam studs in battle royale so this is one interesting dynamic here that dk metcalf has a higher um adp than tyler lockett tyler lockett though um, most projections even has a higher slightly higher ceiling um, so I was going to say here, you're getting like a slight arbitrage on the DK Metcalf going before, and you get a mini correlation and an out to Gino here. So do you want to do Lockett then and pass up on Murray? Oh, that's a good point. Well, so yeah, do Lockett because this guy already has his quarterback, so he's not taking Kyler. Okay. So let's take Lockett. And we have one, I think, one guy left who doesn't have a QB. Yeah. Wahakan doesn't have a QB. By the way, Pete, did you notice I got a batch? I'm a batch, bro. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, I'm going to I'm going to tell underdog to revoke that that's happening. <laughs> it that must be happened. in there. It was the draft I did on the stream yesterday that got me over or yesterday or the day before one of the two. But like I had the badge, I was like, I got a badge because I did not have one <laughs> for that. It means absolutely nothing, but it is a point of pride. So, the one thing I would say is I almost wonder we might be like setting up for a fairly chalky build like if we do Kyler then we're pretty much also like Ertz becomes like a very logical final tight end for us, but maybe, maybe we get pushed out of that a little bit. If Ertz goes, maybe we can get funky with our tight end, but yeah, I think we, I think we got to take Kyler here. All right. Let's say Kyler. I mean, do you believe in double stacks? Cause it feels like, again, it's small sample size stuff and it is hard to find the historical data for these kind of things. It feels like it's a lot of single stacks winning every week in battle Royale five weeks in. So that's not something to, to file away forever, but it feels like it's been less double stacks. And I think my best ball brain has been fucking me up in battle Royales where I've been like game stacking a little bit too much. And it's just been like top projected plays put together. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, you have like the Baltimore Miami week where if you just hit that game, um, sure. you were right. Um, been like a lot of teams like last week if you just hit the bills and didn't even worry about a bring back um you were good i'm more thinking less in those terms and more of like is this actually a pretty chalky build um and so this is where i mean i don't know how you logically i don't know how you pass up on zach Ertz here uh because again if we're playing it this way we're playing for that bills chiefs game to crater and for this to be the best game on the slate um did Kittle or Ertz goes, which I kind of like. 
Um, I think Disley is kind of sneaky this week, given the high total and the fact he just keeps getting an impossible amount of snaps. Yeah, he hasn't been on my radar. Like, I would probably... Kyle Pitts? <laughs> honestly, I mean, honestly, yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, I, I think it's actually a not terrible matchup for him against San Francisco with their DBs banged up and the fact they've only struggled against the deep ball. Do we want to do, do, do Lyle Tits here? <laughs> yeah, I think any of these are would be justifiable. I mean, Hayden Hurst without T. Higgins, I think could be interesting. But yeah, Kittle I think... Kittle, too, is not a bad play. And yeah, and Kittle, again, just falls into that. Like, Kittle's going to be probably drafted in, what, 75 80% of these. Pitts may be drafted in 50% of these. Yeah. Um, the one thing that Herzig said on the Bad Bro Show, which stood out to me, was that if a guy has an ADP of 35.5 or higher, that means he's likely not getting drafted in a good amount of drafts. So that's yeah. what I one thing I've been using as a tiebreaker, just to get the ownership product down a little. So that means Pitts probably not getting drafted in every draft, but Kittle almost certainly is at a 31.6 ADP. Yeah. I think this is a good team. I mean, it it, it has a, a massive, massive ceiling. It's not like a super unique build, I don't think, um, because lots of people are going to get squeezed off of that Chiefs Bills game. Just the way ADP works in these, like it's it's actually kind of hard to do. And then Kyler and Gino end up being kind of a nice consolation bracket. So I don't know how unique this is, but I think it's like a very logically high upside sound team. And 94 projection is not that bad for the team. So there you go. Play the battle royales. I get a lot of fun on there. Underdog putting a lot of prizes as well. 50k up top. So play use the promo code splash double your deposit up to 100 bucks on there and, and play the battle royales. I think they actually are genuinely a lot of fun and a different spin and guys like Ramondre Stevenson too, like deeply undervalued and underdog compared to how they're going to be so chalky on DraftKings. So that is something to keep in mind. Uh, Pete, it is time here for ride or die picks. And then once again, I will say we are hitting these every single week in a way that is alarming, terrifying, but working out really well. So I'll share the screen here. But Pete, give the people the rules on the ride or dies because, of course, it can be a confusing game. But it is, in fact, the most fun game in fantasy football, the one that everybody else is terrified to play. And that's why Pete and I are strong enough to do it. Hang on, hang on. The fact that you didn't say who won last week makes me think I won because you would have victory lapped your win. Oh, it's funny how that works. I, I I literally had no clue, but I just knew the way Spag set that up that he lost. Look, we're we're competitive. You're you're 12 and 57. And again, we are shooting really low probability dart throws every time. So don't be alarmed by these numbers. We're doing it as a satirical take on you know bet tracking all that stuff more than anything, Pete. It's a it's a meta. Oh, the, this is a satirical thing. I, I, I didn't so. know it's I was satirical. Get on the bit. Like it's yeah. It's, well, because I think people pull up the screen, you're like, oh wow, 12 and 57. Duh, these guys are bad. And it's like, no, we're doing this because like I think pick tracking is the stupidest thing in the industry. Uh, all right, I'll explain it, and then I want to, you know, really bask in my victory lap and see which ones I got right. So, yes, Spags and I go game by game through the slate. We do, uh, you know, Hail Mary bomb predictions. You don't have to, per se. If you just want to take the money line or a spread, you can. That's just only worth one point if it has around a 50% chance of hitting. If you want to get a little spicier, maybe like a 30% chance of hitting, that would be a three-pointer. And then if you want to shoot from deep, your Hail Mary sub 10% chance of happening. That's a 10 pointer. Obviously those designations are fairly arbitrary, which is the beauty and the elegance of the game because it relies on a lot of negotiation. Spags and I may be giving a peace offering here, hoping to get some action back elsewhere. It really is a beautiful song and dance and a, a format that I'm shocked isn't replicated across more fantasy football content creators. And again, it's just, it's the terror they have in their hearts because you know why, Pete? They're not going to compete with the five rider of five 10 pointers you got right last week. So you made up a lot of ground. Yes. 
things that you got right are uh, Saquon Barkley was the showdown winning captain in London. That's a 10-pointer. Khalil Shakir outscores Najee Harris, a 10-pointer. Uh, the Chargers game last week going over 57 and a half. That was a 10-pointer. Patriots winning by 13-plus, blanking the Lions. That was a 10-pointer. And the game total under 37.5 in Eagles Cardinals, another 10-pointer, Pete. So this is might be the best ride-or-die picks round we've ever had. I dare you to fade me in this format. I dare you not to tail me on these. And I still got three right, which I mean, like, is it also a tremendous showing by what we had last year? So point being, the work that Pete and I put in day after day, slaving away in the content coal mines is paying off. But we'll see if it goes again this week, Pete, because we got to go start it with Jacksonville, 20 implied points, Indianapolis, 22 implied points. No pressure, Pete. What do you want for your ride or die pick? No pressure at all. Um, you know what I want to do? I want to go back. Everyone, Everyone's a little spooked about this Jags team, a little spooked about Trevor Lawrence. Um, how about this? What You know what? I'm going to start off a little slow, a little easy here. I'm going to say Christian Kirk outscores Jonathan Taylor for a three-pointer. Okay, wow. So you're playing. So you'd have the greatest success going for 10 pointers. And then this week you're like, let me just slow roll it out. No, Spags, have you ever? I mean, you've played basketball, right? Like you, when you get out on the court, you tie your shoes. Do you go and you chuck, chuck from half court? No, you get in the layup line. We're just going to get a few layups, get a little loosened up, do some of our calisthenics. Then we'll move back to the free throw line, hit a few of those, a couple threes, and then we'll just be fucking ripping it from three quarters court. Oh, I'm like Steph Curry back there. I just go to the half court. People love to see me just chuck it up and and, and hit people in the head in the first <laughs> row. But I will say uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I'm seeing him at a 15.5 fantasy point projection. Pete, if he had a 26 fantasy point day, would that be enough for a 10-pointer? Um, 27. See, the, the problem with these projections in this is there's a workaround, right? Because... Mm -hmm you're getting the DraftKings bonus of three points if he throws for 300 yards, which I need to adjust for. So I'll say a Trevor Lawrence 10-pointer is over 29 points. Okay, Trevor Lawrence over 20. All right, so let's say 28. How about 28? 28.5. Okay, I knew that was where you are going to go. Fine, Trevor Lawrence over 28.5 fantasy points. And, and look, our ride-or-die picks correlate together with you and Christian Kirk. I hate it. I normally, uh, the, the, the famous Spags line, if you had a drinking game for this, you'd be like, I'm going to leverage against yours. <laughs> It no, takes Christian Kirk negative 10 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Jets, 18.8 implied points. Green Bay, 26.3 implied points. Interesting game in this one. I got one for you, Pete. I, is this a 10-pointer if Michael Carter outscores Chalky Brees Hall? Um, first of all, I don't know if Brees Hall is going to be super chalky, but so has him at 12.5. Yeah, I just think it's I mean. There's basically no way he's like the fourth or fifth most pot or in the top four for, but anyways, let's, let's not get caught I up in this. People go to him because they'll see Stevenson's salary at six K and go like, oh, I got to take Breeze Hall. Like that's the 40 chest that that's been going on field wise. So I think he's going to be over 10% owned would be my guess. Um, you said, so you said just outscores him straight up. Yes. And I, I'm willing to do a spread if we have to, but yeah, no, we have to, uh, he has to outscore him by two points to get this to a 10 pointer. Okay, done. Michael Carter outscores Brees Hall by two points. I accept that. What do you want, Pete? What do I want? Um, you know, I want something similar. Um, I think I'm going to need a slightly bigger spread based on projections, but what to get a 10-pointer on A.J. Dillon outscoring Aaron Jones? 
Ooh, um, boy, the projections are still heavily in favor of Dylan, even though he has not played well. And certainly... what are your what do you have for projection on those two? So for stochastic, it looks like 14.1 for Dylan, 15.7 for Aaron Jones. Whoa. OK, then I'm not going to get it in as good because uh, Leone has it 16.4 Aaron Jones, 13 for A.J. Dylan. I mean, I feel like Dylan winning by three feels I would say four and a half, actually, no, four and a half feels fair for me all right i'll take it aj dylan plus four and a half okay or mine it's minus four and a half but yeah you know what i mean yeah honestly nice rushing matchup for both teams so uh, definitely can have both of our bets win in this one minnesota 24.5 implied points miami 21.5 implied points pete what do you want in this game that feels like it should have a higher total but it does not yeah well i mean we're looking at a skylar thompson start right Yeah, Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater back in practice, but limited, so it seems unlikely he's getting in there. So, yeah, Skylar Thompson, who did not do a whole lot in his limited time, uh, is going to be starting most likely. Um, can I get can I get a 10-pointer for Justin Jefferson outscores both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell? I don't think that's a 10-pointer. That's a three. Tell, tell, me the, tell me what projection. Let's do some math. So Justin Jefferson, 21.3 stochastic projection, 17.5 for Hill, uh, 13.3 for Waddle. Yeah, that's like a classic 10-pointer. They combined for 30 points. Oh, you're saying both combined. I thought you combined. meant individually. Not, okay. not individually. Combined, combined, yes. Okay, I- I'll accept that, though. I think it is still a, it's a gray area that feels like a very nice bet for you. Well, if I would ever, I love to live in the gray area of these bets, Spags, but <laughs> yes, combined. Kirk Cousins uh thir- 300 passing yards three passing touchdowns in this game is that a 10 pointer so clears 300 okay so you don't want to do the dk points you want to clear 300 passing yards and three passing td so if he has a rush td this has nothing to do with anything yes, if he goes you. two and one i'm screwed and i can just quietly yell at the moon all right i'll allow it Okay, there we go. Also, I got to give some shout outs to the chat as well. Chat's been active today. Josh Marino, excited for you to be back at Hollywood Brown. I also saw our guy, uh, Sammy, was in here. There we got to give the shout to Sammy. Let's fucking go. I love you, motherfuckers. Just showing some love. I got to go make pre- got to go make pretend I'm working. So I just feel like want to give some shout outs to the chat because uh, all the regulars here, we appreciate very much. And if you're new here or regular, hit the like button, uh, please, down below. Next game, Pete, San Francisco, 25 implied points. Atlanta, 20 implied points. I'm going to let you go first again because I have some takes on this one, but I'm curious what yours are. What's the spread on this? Uh, Five-point spread favoring the Niners on the road. Five-point spread favoring the Niners on the road. Um, mm-hmm. I am curious what, what crazy takes you have. Um, can I get a 10-pointer top five scoring all Niners? Oh, oh. Um, including Mariota, including London, including Pitts, including Algier. It's a really nice Jimmy Garoppolo mashup, which is what makes me feel some uh, angst about that. But I will give it to you. I just hate I hate opening up the five man loophole again. No, well, they haven't passed the bill through Congress to close it. So. (laughs) So, so here's the issue is I think this is a Debo Samuel smash spot. Like I, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo will come along for that ride. That said to leverage against your pick, Pete, what if Kyle Pitts is the top scoring tight end on the slate? It, okay. Now I thought you were going to say in this game, uh, the entire slate. So <laughs> honestly, that might be a 10 pointer at this point. <laughs> you want to just put him in the Millie maker or do you want to? Yeah. You know, I'll take Kyle. Oh boy. But what if he doesn't get there just because people don't play Kyle Pitts enough? 
Uh, I'll, no, I'll get. I'll give it to you if you want to say. So you're saying on the main slate, the most raw DraftKings points, Kyle Pitts. Yes, I'll give you ten for that, of course. <laughs> oh, Josh will give me a million. Pete, will you will you one up Josh's one million points offer? We could probably get a, a big GoFundMe uh, for for this. <laughs> I hope it's the week because it would be funny if it's the week he gets like the defense and on paper. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to shut down everything. And Kyle Pitts goes for 150 <laughs> and 10 yeah. catches. Uh, I'm praying for best ball sake. Cincinnati, 22.8 implied points. New Orleans, 20.8 implied points. Um, I guess I, I'm due to go first in this one. I don't like it very much, though, I got to say. Um, I will say this game goes under uh, the total is 43.5. I guess I'll say it goes under 33.5. Uh, so totals, you said 43? Yep, 43 and a half. And you're saying goes under 33? Okay. 33 and a half, yeah. Yep, 10 points off. All right, I'll allow that. I, I So there's two that I want to do. I want to do something involving Jamar Chase because I think he's going to go nuts in this spot. But I also just need to short the hell out of Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> I'm just so offended by everything that's going on. What projection do you have for Taysom Hill? Uh, he's actually not even on the screen here, so let me go search. <laughs> I only take the top two tight ends, Pete, and he is not one of them. Uh, but if you want to fill the air for a second, I'll find it. This is, well, like, looking, and this is how much Taysom Hill has broken things, like looking at Leone's thing. So he has him on as the worst value, I think, on the entire slate. His projection's at 6.2, but he has the ceiling listed at 21.9. Like, you will never see a six-point projection guy with a 21-point ceiling unless it's fucking Taysom Hill. Um, so Stochastic has him at 50, uh, 5.2. Um, and also, he's a running back on DK this week? No. QB. In the Stochastic projections, they have him as a running back. He's a quarterback. Is he? Okay. Well, maybe, they, maybe they're just doing a bit with the projections. <laughs> I don't bit. know. But anyway, um, 5.1. What I don't even know what I can do that would get me a 10 pointer without saying like zero points, Taysom Hill, which we know that's not going to happen. You would so have to think, I was thinking about this. It's got to be like carries. Like he gets 10 carries, but under X amount of yards, I feel like would be the. He's not going to get 10 that. carries. He's going to get like four. He's going to have 2.3 points. And then everyone's going to cut him back to the waiver wire after spending $900 on him last week. Fucking slappies. <laughs> Jamar Chase in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay. I'm also confirming the Taysom Hill thing that he's not an, a running back because. No, he's not a running. I don't. So Osmo's just pulling bits with the projections they're doing. I don't know, man. Because he is he is still a tight end on underdog. That's worth pointing out. But he, is, he looks like he's a quarterback on DraftKings. So, God, if people play, you think he's going to be uh, like over one percent owned on DraftKings as a QB? I don't think so because the whole enthusiasm for Taysom Hill with season long stuff is the tight end eligibility, which again, I, I vaguely get just because tight end so gross, but yeah, I, th I don't think that carries over. Maybe the siege puts in a couple Taysom Hill Millie maker lineups, but I don't know who else is. A mathology, by the way, bring in some insight here. The Niners DSD inactive six impact defenders mispractice this week. So go Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts season, everyone. I'm planting that flag in one week. It's going to be right. If I keep saying it, uh, Tampa Bay, 26.8 implied points, Pittsburgh, 18.3 implied points. Uh, Pete, what do you want in this game with, I have to point out surprisingly competent Kenny Pickett, even though he you know, on paper did not look good last week, he's going to have a week. One of these weeks, <laughs> he's going to have a week. One, of these, one weeks. of these weeks, Pete, he's going to have a week. I know I'm, I'm honestly excited about Kenny Pickett and we, I mean, when you looked at his schedule, you could see it was brutal. I, I think they have the Jags coming up uh, in a week or two as well. I mean, the, the schedule is brutal for him. Um, this is a super nice spot for the Patriots. Let's get, 
I think we're looking at kind of a, a Mike Evans explosion spot here. Um, we give me what I see his projection at 16 and a half. You give me over 26 and a half. Yeah, uh, I think points. Yeah. I think okay. I think it's a really nice bet. I actually was thinking about a Mike Evans one too, but uh, we're we're actually creepily in lockstep a lockstep today in a way that hurts me, and I'm sure you more. Um, but yeah, it's a ten pointer. Um, uh, also, it, it hurts. It really hurts. Well, it's saying Pete, you could have said that Taysom is the worst scoring QB who plays more than five snaps. That's an interesting angle. I but th- that's that's a layup, right? Like, yeah, I I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could have like a Skylar Thompson implosion or a Zach Wilson implosion. Yeah, or Kenny Pickett, I guess, if you really, if you are a not believer, like unlike Pete and I, um, I will be a believer though. I will say Deontay Johnson. If what if Deontay Johnson outscores Mike Evans? Is that what what would that be? And how much of a spread do I have to give on that? No, that's a classic three pointer. I don't want to. Th- what what's it take for a ten? Um. Well, he outscores Mike Evans by eight. Okay, I accept that. I think that's fair. Uh, Deontay Johnson, air yards or prayer yards right now, but 120 per game. Kenny Pickett's actually been accurate. I think it's going to pay off for Deontay Johnson one of these weeks. Baltimore, 25.5 implied points. Giants, 20 implied points. Pete, if I were to propose to you that Lamar Jackson outscores individually Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes by a certain spread, what would that spread have to be to be a 10-pointer? All right, so you're you're trying to say, and how about this? Let me look at this. So I'm seeing him projected as the second highest um, quarterback on the slate. Who was the other one you tossed in? Josh Allen and who? And Mahomes. So the the, the chalk QB plays in the chalk game of the week. Um, he would need to, if he outscores both of them by five points, I'll give you. Okay, I'll I will take that. Done. Ten pointer. What do you want? Um, let's see. Well, now I need to go back and look at this game. Let's see. I will say I need to Darius Slayton on the menu, Pete. Darius. Slayton. I know. Let's go. Let's go back to the well. Uh, can, can I just get a 10 pointer if Darius Slayton has a touchdown? I think it's a, I think it's a really good pick for you, but I'll give it to you just for the emotions. I think. And if you get this one right and fucking laugh in my face next week, I'll be very sad about it. For non splash play historians, uh, Darius Slayton was the original go-to ride or die Martin Gale pick for me every single week back when, uh, well, he was on the giants. I can't believe he's still on the giants. I mean, this guy <laughs> is just stuck around. Shout out to Darius Slayton. He's going to outlast Kenny Galladay at this, point. he might last <laughs> Darius, Tony and Kenny Galladay at this point. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna outlast multiple presidential administrations. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> New England twenty point three implied points. Cleveland twenty two point eight implied points. So this is tough because if Damian Harris plays, it obviously screws up everything. I do think Ramondre is good chalk. He's just not. He's it's tough chalk if he's gonna be thirty three percent owned, uh, like Stochastic was projecting uh, projecting initially. But I will say Ramondre. What if he gets over one fifty? Total yards and two touchdowns. Is that enough for a 10-pointer? Say it again. 150 total yards, two touchdowns. And no caveats with Damian Harris being active? No, no. Just I'll get I'll take the straight line. All right. 150. Uh you said scrimmage yards? Yes, and two touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you that. That's what he's gonna need to pay off this 40% ownership. <laughs> the thing is he could still get there and not be in the winning millie maker lineup. And it's like it's entirely possible based on how running backs have gone the last few weeks. No, no, no. If he goes for 150 and two TDs, he'll be in the winning millie maker. 
Okay. All right. Well, what do you want to just take that then? You think he makes the winning Millie Maker? I'm not taking that. I'm going <laughs> to leverage against it. <laughs> Nick Chubb. <laughs> I mean, Nick Chubb, I'm seeing 2.6% ownership right now. I mean, his price tag is absurd. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's do this. Um let's do Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'll do I'll do Nick Chubb in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay, I like it. This is a really good rushing matchup on paper, according to success rate metrics, uh, EPA, uh, both teams towards the bottom of the league and should be positive EV for both running back plays here. Nick asking when the turnkey three emote and Willis pointing out that Darius Slayton was the original turnkey three ride or die pick. So there you go. I know I haven't been saying turnkey enough, partly because I've just been doing turnkey 10 pointers, you know, the the completely off, off the shelf, no assembly required, batteries included 10 pointers. We'll see if you could find one in this game, Pete, with Arizona, 26.5 implied points. Seattle, 24 implied points. Do not say anything involving Eno Benjamin. Do not. I I mean, I'll let you go first here because I honestly don't know which way to go. I think there are so many good spots to attack in this game, and that makes it terrifying that this could be the week that if I play Geno and Geno sucks this week, Pete, it's going to be a double whammy to my emotions. I got to get spicy. I got to get spicy. Can I get 10-pointer... Um, Eno Benjamin outscores both, not combined, but outscores both Kyler and Geno Smith. I think that can be a 10 pointer. Yeah. That's a smart 10 pointer. Again, you're really getting these sweet. That's our sweet spot this year is a smart 10 pointers, but I'll take it. Um, Kenneth Walker outscores Eno. Is that a 10 pointer based on what you just said, where Eno is this fantastic play? It's a classic, absolute turnkey. There's no even instruction manual because you unbox it and it says three pointer on it, and there's literally nothing else to do. What if, okay, here we go. Here's where I could try to hurt you. Will Disley outscores Eno Benjamin? Is that a 10 pointer? This is one of those where you're preying on my biases, and I have no choice but to say of course there's no fucking reality where will disley outscores my precious little baby Edo benjamin 38 39.8 dvoa boost tight ends for the arizona defense so lock it in will disley outscore Edo benjamin Edo benjamin is a fine play this week uh, but i just have to hurt pete carolina 15.8 implied points rams 25.8 implied points one of the biggest spreads of the week i think the highest probability money line bet for the rams so play them in your elimination pools if you want uh, but Pete, what do you want in this game with XFL alum PJ Walker starting and likely being terrible once more? Classic 10 pointer. PJ Walker outscores Cooper Cup. <laughs> okay. I like it. Uh yeah, that's that's a 10 pointer. Do it for the brand, for the XFL, and to crater. Actually, Cooper Cup, 9,700. I mean, I guess he'll be a little bit owned just if mm-hmm. because people will be able to play Walker and Eno. Because you'll basically have a choice. I assume most people playing Walker and Eno will get up to the Bills stack. But maybe some people will go down to, like, Geno and then try to jam two high price wide receivers, which would maybe be interesting. Like, if you were able to get Cup and say – or just two high price players at any non-quarterback position. Um, I'm just talking through GPP strategy. Ignore me. Um, Nick also asked any updates on T Higgins, Lockett or Thomas. I think Higgins, we talked about earlier in the show, seems like perhaps a, a risk to not play this week. Lockett and Thomas, though, I think are both going to be goes from what I've seen. I hadn't heard anything serious. Uh, yeah. Popped up on the injury report with a hamstring. Uh, that, that was news to me. That's a, uh, that's certainly, certainly interesting because he was projecting as mega, mega chalk there. 
Yep. So keep an eye on that. Of course, the best thing you do is watch for injury updates over the weekend. Check out all the various streams out there. Um, and of course, just check the NFL injury alerts as well. Um, Buffalo, actually, wait, I didn't take one in this game. Um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So again, Pete, I'm going to celebrate your pick and tie myself along with it. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, both over 100 passing yards at the stewardship of PJ Walker. 100 passing yards? Receiving 100 yards? receiving yards. So go into each of them. So DJ Moore and who is the other? And Robbie Anderson. Splash play. All right. So you're further correlating with me. You just yes. can't. The, the man can't who it. used to leverage against all my picks is now just tailing my brilliance. I mean, I don't blame you after last week's performance. I just want to honestly, like, I don't believe enough in PJ Walker, but I want to believe he does something good for somebody. And like, and Ben, no, just say you believe be... in me. Just yeah, say you gonna... believe in me and my nose for the 10 pointers. Sure. I'll give it you, to you. You, you. You've been grinding harder than ever. I think between all those shows, you're doing all the work, all the prep. So I'll, I'll, t I'll happily pin myself to your, your coattails again. Unfortunately um, for you, my thesis for the PJ Walker outscoring Cooper cup was a hundred yard rushing touchdown, which is going to also crater <laughs> your bet. <laughs> He's very nimble though. Uh, Buffalo, 28.3 implied points, Kansas city, 25.8 implied points, the marquee game of the week. And Pete, I will let you go once again in this clash of the AFC Titans. Devin Singletary outscores Travis Kelsey by four points for a 10 pointer. Uh, yeah, that seems fair with the stochastic projection. So I'll allow it. Um, Stefan Diggs outscores Cooper cup by 10 fantasy points. Is that a 10 pointer? Yes. Diggs outscores Cooper cup by 10. That's a 10 yes. pointer. Okay, cool. And then Sunday night football. I would have given you eight, game of the but it's already Dallas locked Cowboys, in. 18 implied points. Philadelphia, 24 implied points. Uh, a game, Pete, that looks pretty ugly on paper. Totals come down a point and a half throughout the course of the week. You can pick a showdown winning captain if you please. Sorry, what is this game again? Dallas and the Eagles. Sunday night football. Wow. Matthew um, Berry live on the scene, scouting them out. My usual cheat code of quickly running the Sims and seeing who's the optimal captain. And for some reason that slate's not up right now. And I feel very naked. Um, let's see here. I will say. I'll, I'll, let's go back to, let's say AJ Brown, AJ Brown. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to leverage slash correlate. Jalen Hurts showed out winning captain. Leverage slash correlate. I don't, <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, Pete. There you go. There all right, there are your ride or die picks. So file them away. If the, if the history is any record, just tail all of Pete's picks, put them in a lineup, and you're going to be going right to the money bank this weekend. How many points behind am I in, in taking the, the lead? Uh, you are currently, mm -mm, you are 13 points down despite having two less wins overall. That's right. All right. I think, we, I think this is the flipping. I, I think I flip and then I, I run away with this. You ran so hot last week that it feels like you're due for a no for a week. Like five of those hitting in one week is tough. No, it's, it's not that it's that I'm now seeing through the matrix. I'm, <laughs> I'm emerging as a prodigy in ride or die. Of course, make sure you should follow at Splash Play Pod. Of course, follow at Peter Overzet. Follow at Chris Spags. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Hit the like button. Comment oh, as well. If you're watching after the fact, please leave a comment. I will always come in and reply to you guys if you do that. And of course, we're doing a lot of things on this channel with Pete being a big serious XM boy. So Pete, give the people the plugs because you're going to do a show in about 10 minutes. I actually do have one concrete plug. So on Saturday in the newsletter, I've been doing this uh, Dear Pete column, which is supposed to be like a blend, uh, you know, some fantasy, some relationship advice, you know, a little play on the old Dear Abby column. I need some good questions for tomorrow. I'm going to write this uh, 
tomorrow afternoon. So if you want to send it, it can be a troll. It can be a joke. Just make it funny. Just make it interesting. And maybe you can be featured in the newsletter. It's Dear Pete at fantasylife.com. Send me in a question within the world of fantasy. It could be anything. Uh, and uh, maybe you'll pop up with that right. big, big newsletter fame on Saturday. Wow, that's the get that fantasy life newsletter bump. One of the most read newsletters in the industry and uh, could do a lot for your career to get to Dear Pete. So please send in mm-hmm. those emails and go to probablyapp.com as well too. Uh, sign up on the wait list. If you do that right now, you can get the email that I'm going to send out in a little bit tracking basically all the most probable bets from every game for the weekend that can sometimes tell an important narrative tale about what you should be doing in DFS or your fantasy lineups or all of that as long, along with some just easy elimination pool picks. So go to probablyapp.com, join the wait list there and get the email that I'm going to be sending out in a few short hours. Anything else for you? Pete, or I guess you jam to win coming up. Great show yep. coming up in a few hours as well. Yep. JM was uh, off the grid last week, had Dink fill in, was a great show, but we got JM back in the saddle. He had a really nice piece today in the Fantasy Life newsletter, too, looking at three kind of angles for this slate. So, yes, very excited to talk to him. That'll be at 2 p.m. on my YouTube channel and then up on the podcast feed in a vacuum as well. Yeah, go check that. I will be quietly in chat watching, not participating, so I can see some real men of genius get after it. But come back on Monday. I'll be doing the panic or no panic. Lots of streams coming up here. NBA best ball coming up next week as well. Going to get one more uh, series of drafts on Tuesday, so please do that. But go enjoy your weekends, guys. Check out Pete on SiriusXM in eight minutes, and we'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Pleasure seeing you as always, friend. And uh, yeah, if there's anything we could do prep wise, we're still this. live. It says again. Did you? Oh, I ended it. Maybe I, I did. It, it, it might just do.